Today's Local Lady podcast is brought to you by Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. While Brown Sugar is building a brand new space, they're temporarily open at 203 East Main Street in the former Cowboy Cafe. They have weekly specials. This week's special is the Calico Mocha, Iced Hibiscus, and Coconut Tea. Make sure you go in on Thursday evenings for live music, and they will be at the Rendezvous Roasters this weekend at CWC. Make sure you go and check out Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. Good morning, everybody. This is Bethany Baldus with the Local Ladies Podcast. I and am Jack Schmidt Jack with Schmidt. the Riverton Local Food Hub Podcast. And, and Jared Anderson with the County 10 Podcast. The local podcast. <laughs> yeah, three local podcast hosts are uh, teaming up for the Local Ladies episode this week. And we're everyone, every week. One of us is pretty reserved and shy, so if there's dead air, I'm sorry. You know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to get these people to talk. Yeah, yeah, we're all very shy and quiet and reserved. So let's talk about <laughs> Bethany. You started this thing. With, do you think they can tell the difference in our voices? Do we need to identify ourselves each time? My name's Jack Schmidt. <laughs> Jack sounds slightly more manly and, and rugged Bethany, than I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to Jack. I think I'm right on your back. <laughs> it took me years of whiskey and cigarettes. Oh, I, so I'm far, I'm a little bit behind. Got to yeah, start smoking. Yeah, is what exactly. <laughs> but actually, Bethany started this local concept with the local ladies of uh, yeah. Quite a while ago. Well, so actually, why don't you start and, and tell us what how that was and how it got started. So actually, um, last week I saw my first video that I ever made. It was like the memory on Facebook. So I went and did a um, highlight on my dad's business where he builds um, raised gardens and whatnot. And so um, two years ago, I basically just started doing videos of different businesses around town because... Safeway and Kmart had just closed down. So it was just kind of to put a little bit of pride back in our community. And, you know, people didn't ever understand where I was, like how I was finding the places. It was really just opening the doors that I had never been in. And I think that we all have that problem. Like we see these doors all the time, but it isn't necessarily doors that we're used to opening. Good point. Yep. There really is. Because actually, <laughs> you, when your mother had that book mm-hmm. and she had it at a store, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go in there. It's kind of scared me. You sure. Know, I oh, yeah. The when, for the book signing. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yep. Exactly. So people have kind of an apprehension. And by you going in first, you would like some of the, you should check out Forever West sometime because they do have really good art and stuff, Western art and stuff in there. They have some local artists and whatnot. So there's something in there for everybody, even if it is a woman's store. <laughs> and I think no matter how long you've been in Fremont County too, there's a few places you don't even remember exist or you just haven't ventured into. And then you see somebody like you going into those places and going, oh, they have those things. I've been looking for those things and you get to tell us about it. And the nostalgia of going into some of those places, like going into crazy, crazy ladies rubbish and remembering all the different things that have been mm. in there throughout the years. I mean, it, there's definitely nostalgia as well. So what we're what we're kind of talked about talking about today on this local that was a double entendre, wasn't it? The local, 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 local. local. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is that local, and really how and this is a perfect segue about how this is really an education, uh, this process, and the, and the local ladies and and Bethany with kind of a political <laughs> tilt, just a little bit, and and how we need to educate on the food. Uh, it's a huge educational thing. 
And the podcast thing is the perfect venue for that. It really is. And it's taken off. We've seen it over the last decade nationally taking off. And uh, everywhere you go, somewhere in Wyoming, people are listening to podcasts and to national podcasts. And it's fun to give them local content, be it local ladies, local food, local news and events. It's just kind of a cool platform to create conversations and let people get to know the people that are living in their communities a little more. And learn about anything. Mm -hmm. Honestly, your interests are so wide, like that you can learn on podcasting. You really can. And I heard the other day on, uh, on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, my favorite show in the world, that the, the, the podcasts have reached the tipping point because now everybody in the United States has a podcast of their own. So we're there. It finished with us, I think. When the three of us got our podcast, it was officially everybody. We were the bottom of the barrel. But we're in Wyoming, so we have a little bit of space there. We can be a little late. It takes it longer to get over that wire to yeah. wherever it's going. Yes. So let's talk about, Jared, go a little bit more on what the concept was for your on the podcast thing, because that's basically how you're disseminating news now. Sure. Yeah, I've been in radio for a long time and have always listened to podcasts and love podcasts and wanted to jump into the space. Uh, I took the job here at County 10 a little over a year ago and County10.com is a great platform to get short little news blurbs out what's happening right now and why it affects you. But we don't have this space to elaborate on things. So the initial idea was to do a County 10 podcast and to have guests on and relevant newsmakers to talk a little bit more and fill in the, the extra spaces that we can't cover in a, a news story. And then the idea became, well, Everybody in the world has something they're really passionate about. One thing at least they're very good at, really passionate about, want to talk about. So let's let all of those people talk about what they want to and do a podcast. And there's people that are going to find any little niche thing interesting and they'll find some followers. And hopefully we're starting to stack up some of the hosts that have those interests and people out there with common interests will listen. I have to say I'm not a um, one-topic person, though. I often feel like sure. a, I'm in a room full of bouncy balls hitting the wall, like everything that I – but it all comes back to the local area, and I think that that's the important part that people forget. Well, that's what's great about podcasts mm-hmm. is Monday I can listen to the food podcast, and Tuesday I can listen to local ladies, and Wednesday I can listen to a comedian telling jokes and right, whatever right, yeah. you're in the mood for right then. And we all believe, and I think the national – Conscious is starting to come around that the solution is local, no matter if it's politics, mm-hmm. it's food, it's news dissemination, whatever. You start at home. We have no control, almost no control, over the big stuff. We can listen to it, and my God, it's so depressing. You just want to cry. <laughs> but we, 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 ha- we have a choice of, of what store we go into, what, uh, of who we talk to. We have a choice of what we put in our mouth, of what we eat. We have a choice of what we listen to. And so that local thing, uh, I love that, 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 that we are really, I don't know anybody else is doing this. Do you? No, uh, not locally. I mean, a lot of people have little podcasts and shows in their basement and there's some other outlets across the region that are doing it, but not on this scale. And, uh, and hopefully it keeps growing. People so like we it. may have been last, but we're first. 
<laughs> we were the bottom of the barrel, but we rose but to the we're top. First. <laughs> but that's a great point, and that's what I preach about politics too. Is people like to complain about DC, and fair enough. But there's not that much your one vote and your voice in Central Wyoming can do. But where you have a lot of pull is right here locally. Get involved in local stuff. Yep, exactly. 53 votes short. I mean, that we all have a lot of power locally for sure. Yeah, and on the food part, when you're voting with your dollar, that makes a hell of an impact. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if if you decide, well, when we had we had uh, Michelle on from Mister uh, Mister D's last week, and and she's right, that dollar makes a lot of difference, not only in the economy by circulating seven times as it stays here, but for what people are able to buy and what businesses stay in business. Right. And, and, and we could already see in the beef thing, it's, it's just wonderful. Like that's, I'm a, sorry, I'm an old cowboy. I got to talk about a cow, but <laughs> the, the, in the meat thing, just in the last three years, what we've seen happen is CWC came on board and, uh, and Brad Tyndall realized that we don't have nearly enough processing in this state we got we're number seventeen in the number of beef cows in the whole damn United States. Number seventeen for this county, okay? In our county. In our county, we're number seventeen for beef cows. We process almost none. Jared down there at, at Hudson, you know, will kill twenty or thirty a week. That's that's nothing. You know, we we, we eat in our own community. We eat about three thousand. So, so where does Wyoming as a whole stand on that? On, you know? on on the on production or on cows on cows on the mother cow deal I think we're seventh or eighth or something like that because there's a lot of non-productive land okay. in, in in the mountains you know mm-hmm. but as far as finished beef goes whatever finishing means whether it's grass or grain we're way down there because mm. there's no processing and Brad recognized that that in the in the meat in the in the, in the meat business it's kind of Divided into thirds. The first third of the money goes to the person that owns the factory, that mm-hmm. cow. The second third goes to the people that process. That's the slaughter and the cutting up and all that stuff. The third third goes to the marketer. So we've got two thirds that are available to us now because of technology that we're not claiming. So he went with the new uh, ag department that's going in up there, The that's hopefully they'll break ground on. He put a... Uh, curriculum in with a meat processing facility. So we can, bottom line is we're going to train butchers. There's no place in the United States that you can go to learn to be a butcher, just that. Now you can go to any land grant university and get a four-year degree in meat science, but just to go to a junior college and take a uh, short course, take a few courses in meat cutting, as far as I know, there's no place you can do it. Again, Wyoming will be on the on the leading edge of that. They're going to train butchers. That that little step then was followed by Bo Sheets coming in with the new slaughter plant. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, Jared is expanding his down in in Hudson. Both of them are going to be USDA. We've also got uh, Paul Curl who bought the Riverton pack uh, and renovated it. My God, he's done a wonderful job. Yeah. And it's t- he built it. He's going to be custom, but he's built it so he can be. Uh, USDA in the future. So all of a sudden, we've got huge capacity potential for finished beef, for meat. And if that capacity is there, you know, nature hates a vacuum, there's going to be a vacuum. We'll start producing that meat right here. So that thing started, and I think it's got a huge potential. You know, the beauty of that, too, is somebody just being willing to, to give out their idea. 
to put it out there that we needed to do something acting on it that Brad even started that because I mean we've all had the potential to come up with something like that but um, really just pushing that forward within the community exactly and he had the platform you know that he, sure. that he could do it and the nerve to do it because it took a lot of nerve because <laughs> there's a lot of people who go yeah that won't work right you know, that's, a, that's a favorite thing in Wyoming isn't it? <laughs> yeah hell I ain't gonna work what's the matter with you Right, right. Yeah, I, that's, that's a very impressive and what a great story. We make jokes every once in a while about how Wyoming's behind in the times, but when you really start to dive in and look at things like this, Wyoming is on the cutting edge of a lot of fun stuff, and it's cool to see stuff like that coming to fruition. And this, the podcast, I mean, that's it. Like, it's all about community, and I think that we kind of, um, as the big box stores built up over the last couple decades, like I think that we kind of got away from this idea of community, but how we can easily just take that back because that's our main streets that we have to take care of. So Bethany, on your local ladies, have you walked into Walmart? I mean, that, that's, I, have, I mean, who do you talk to? You know, no. it's sure not that checker because he ain't there. Right. Well, no, I actually have never gone and done one at Walmart. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is I think it's also important to point out that the people that do work at Walmart are still our community. Good point. And, and so, um, and they're all uh, doing their own thing. I, I was there one day when um, a guy was getting after a woman at the beauty part where you have to check out now. And it was so frustrating to me because it's like, this is not her policy that she put into place. Why are you getting mad at her? And I think that, um, so yes, I have not ever been out there uh, for local ladies. I go out too much probably on my own but um just that idea of these are still our neighbors and they just want a job like anybody else that's a that's a real good point and i'll take that just a little farther into we're at the hub uh right now uh consumer health is coming to inspect us and there's always been this adversarial relationship between the food industry and the inspectors and there shouldn't be Right. They're working for us. They're members of our community. You know, their kids go to our school. They go to our churches. You know, they're not the enemy. They're just trying to keep people imp- safe. Exactly. Yep. So yep. that's a very good Or following the law. Exactly. <laughs> Whether the law is right or wrong. Yeah, and, that's, that's, and that's not, they didn't make the law. Yep, but exactly. But it, it's our job to change it if we don't like it. Exactly, exactly. So I've talked a little bit about the food. You've talked, a, Bethany, you haven't been, you've kind of done the local ladies thing. But we need to get a little bit into politics. A little bit? Just a little bit, if you don't mind. So basically, Do you have anything to say about well, politics? You know, <laughs> so I think one of the biggest things that we have to figure out um, in our society right now is um, that it's not all about these, like, big topic things. Our politics, our food law, they that's the stuff that's important, what we can change on the local level. And it's just teaching people to have pride and even teaching people how to learn how to change things that are affecting their personal lives within the law. Like like the um, food bill that went through that Tyler Lindholm did a couple right, of years ago. Right, the Wyoming Food Freedom food Act. Food Freedom Act, yeah. Boy, that's a, a real good point. Because I... Yeah. I feel like I'm doing all the talking. No, here. you're sorry. good. But in the, in the, right now, uh, one of the biggest problems we have is in the inspection of meat. It's either USDA or state uh, or custom. USDA, you can ship across state lines and across uh, national boundaries. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge amount. We're already shipping Wyoming beef to Taiwan. Right, okay? right. But it has to go to Denver be processed before it can because we haven't got a USDA plant not yet. big enough here yet. Oh, right, right. So there's a huge 
uh, a need for USDA plant. There's been a bill in the U.S. Congress for 22 years now that okay when they when they built the when they made the laws on meat inspection, the USDA had theirs. Wyoming took the USDA laws, copied them, and said, okay, this is it. So it's the same, as good as, or better than USDA, but still we can't ship across state lines. So all it takes is a bill, and that bill's been there forever, and it never gains any traction. Right. There's not enough lobbyists behind it. There's a lot of lobbyists behind the big guys that want to knock it down. So that's where, if everybody would get on the horn, write a little email, make a little phone call, Jack and I should go to D.C. and start uh, pushing it on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> as long as you do a podcast. Everybody will listen to us, right? <laughs> That's how easy Ooh, it is, right, Jack? Yeah. They'll just listen to us because uh, we're there. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> how do we retrain people? And maybe we don't need to do this, but it feels like people are so concerned with big national topics and the big hard-hitting ones. You turn on Fox or CNN and you see what's happening. How do we retrain people to learn local procedures and what's going on locally. Uh, you know, you go to a Riverton city council meeting and there's one or two people in the audience. Typically, how do we retrain people to realize that that's what's important and that's what you can actually change with your time? The first thing is you turn off. Fox I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Turn off CNN, Fair turn enough. off Fox. I did that. Um, well, and turn on a local podcast. Yeah. A local podcast, um, Roch County 10, any of them, honestly, or, just start getting involved. Um, that's one of the things I'm hoping to do during session in 2020 is be able to do some podcasting from there so that we can kind of know what the bills are. I get why people don't pay attention to it. There were 300 bills that went through, which when you tell that to anybody from another state, they're like, you guys only had 300 bills. <laughs> I'm like, we had 300 bills. That's so disgusting. <laughs> like uh, at the conference I was at this weekend, I told some California girls and they, I think they said they had 5,000 different bills that went through in California or not went through but that were proposed this year so I mean I think that that 300 it seems like a lot for us but there's definitely things that we can be more aware of as they're going through so yeah I I think so too and politics is for me it's been in the last five years well really since 16 when something happened I can't remember what it was that changed (laughs) the world Uh, but but I've learned more about civics in the last three years that I ever, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't pay any attention. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, and now people, I think, are paying attention. And for me, politics is a hell of a lot more fun when it's local. And, when, you know, even the idea of being, instead of being pro this, pro that, anti this, anti that, I'm starting to change my thought process of being pro solution. So you may have this belief, but what is the answer to it? Because just complaining about the issue is not actually creating any kind of um, forward motion in it. So if we're going to have a law, how about we have a law that says you can't complain about something unless you got a solution for it? Yeah, I like Would that. Would that work? Yeah. Well, I don't know and, if we need a law for that, it. We should just do it as human. Maybe that should be a capital punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I think that we should just do that as uh, um, as just be like retraining people how to be because I think that's the other problem is that people automatically think that we need laws for everything too like I want to do this so we need a law for it well no we can also train within society and we can um there's some issues that I think should not have laws on them but if we retrain in society we don't need the laws for it 
Government definitely has its place. Yes. There has to be A very government. small place. <laughs> it, 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 we've, we've expanded it, and we've grown not only complacent, but we've grown to where we depend on people that we shouldn't be depending on that. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, we get back to that local thing in Wyoming. In Wyoming, we're more, more self-dependent. We're, we, we take care of ourselves and our neighbors. Sure. Well, you know, I live right down the street from my... Um, state senator and my state representative and so our representatives that we send to Cheyenne are literally our neighbors and we need to be capitalizing on that because they they could have our voice in Cheyenne they should have our voice in Cheyenne because they are our neighbors they're not somebody that's going to Washington DC all the time where very little actually happens but it's really loud there yeah and, and that's that's the way the country was designed yeah. <laughs> is to have rep- citizen representing. Well, and I often talk about how we're so upside down now. It should start with the individual. What the individual cannot take care of, it should go to the city council. What the city council can't take care of then goes to the commissioners. Very little for the county, very little should go to the state. And honestly, our representatives for dc should be bored to tears if the if everything was being run right because it should be very little actually going to dc you're just a little jeffersonian i am a little little bit bit. (laughs) the other night i was looking for quotes for him from him because i was kind of in a low mood and i was like i need some jefferson quotes and i'm like i like that one i like that one (laughs) so maybe a little bit jefferson (laughs) and well and there's sure nothing wrong with that yeah right because the founders weren't of the same opinion of how this country should be run right right and and still it's just because of the grace of god that that it happened out that that we did get the form that we got now that form, I'm afraid, is changing. Well, you know, and that's even it. Like, you bring up Jefferson, and I kind of feel like Wyoming is kind of representative of Jefferson because I feel like we, as a whole, as long as everybody's leaving us alone, we don't really care what they do in Cheyenne or D.C. And so I think that's um, a lot of people call it apathy. I don't know. It is apathy, but I don't even think it's apathy like how we think of apathy. It's more of just leave me alone. I don't want to deal with the government, like, stay out of my life, stay away from my guns, stay away from this, and we can live a happy life. The problem is, is that when we're not involved, they do stuff that interferes in our lives, because because we just aren't saying anything until it's too late. But Jefferson himself said, I don't know if he said it or His insinuated, yes, that, that when the population gets so big that we leave the land. Yep. And, yep. And, and that's exactly why he did the... We were just talking about that before, like how the cities have to have the socialist government exactly. to survive. So how does that, how does a Jefferson uh, population translate now to, three? was it 350 million or right, whatever? Right. And, and a worldwide of nine sure, billion. Sure, sure. Well, I think that Wyoming just like has to start standing up and being um, involved, like maybe not like at the DC level yet, but just sending the right representatives to Cheyenne, sending the right people to the county, making sure that we're keep going to city council meetings so that we are watching those local regulations that affect our day to day because that's where the stuff is passed that actually affects what we do tomorrow. So a perfect circle right back to local. Yep, yep exactly, right local. exactly. Perfect job, Bethany. <laughs> I like to end these things with a little poem. Okay. And I looked one up that 
kind of fits you, if you <laughs> will allow me. This is by uh, uh, Omar Barker, and it's called Bruin Wooin. That uh, fits for Brubaker, it does, too. doesn't it? We'll Brubaker, take it. Yeah. <laughs> the track of the bear that ate Carson's pig, well, it wasn't so small, but it wasn't so big that when this cowboy come drifting on past, he said he'd go get it and go get it fast. Well, the dogs took its trail, the nester girl said, but Paul couldn't follow. He's down sick in bed. We'd be mighty grateful if you'd follow those dogs and shoot that old bear before he kills all our hogs. Well, ma'am, said the cowboy with a gleam in his eye, to please a fair maiden, there ain't much I won't try. For I'm Bill McGinnis, a buckaroo witch, kills panthers barehanded and bears with a switch. So if this here pig killer ain't handy to shoot, I'll just grab hold of his tail and pop off his snoot. So all sprisoned up by that nester girl smile, Bill rode up the canyon no more than a mile, and there found the nester's dogs, beller and brave. He'd hold up that bear in a little old cave. To get to that opening up there in the rocks, old Bill shucked his boots, and he climbed in his socks. Now that rock ledge was narrow. The cave entrance small. Bill bent to peer in and found nothing at all. For to this here hunter of bears with a switch, the mouth of that cavern was darker than pitch. The nester's two mongrels were raised in a den around the mouth of that cave, but he they wouldn't go in. Old Bill tried to sick them, but them dogs was wise. <clears throat> they looked up at him, and the looks in their eyes said, <clears throat> We hold that bear up. That's the best we can do. If you want him un- unhold, well, that's up to you. Well, Bill could tell by the smell he was in there all right. He struck him a match and peered in by the light. Two little red eyes and the glow was reflected. But then something happened Bill hadn't expected. That sweet maiden's voice drifted up from the crick. Can you poke out that bear if I hand you a stick? That Nestor's fair daughter had followed the view that bear getting switched by her bold buckaroo. Oh, I'll just crawl in and get him. Bill's voice was plumb bold, in spite of the blood in his veins running cold. I'll grab hold of his tail and I'll show you the art of whip-cracking bears till they fly plumb apart. But when Bill hunkered down with his hand on his gun, it was the brew in his own self what opened the fun. With a growl and a roar and a big rooster wind, he come out of that cave like a bear getting skin. Bill rizzed up real sudden with his legs spread real wide, and he found himself a straddle of a hairy black hide. <coughs> Bill's gun gave up the Bill's the dogs gave a the bear gave a, gra- a beller. The dogs gave a, the Bill's gun gave a boom. The bell gave a the bear gave a beller. Bill's gun gave a boom. <coughs> they both gave an inch, and the dogs gave him room. Bill wrestled that bear, and the bear wrestled him. Grab Bill grabbed for a tail hold, and they went over the rim. And who was on top as they rolled down the hill? Well, sometimes it was a bear, and sometimes it was Bill. And just when Bill thought that his last blood had been shed, that gra- gal grabbed the gun, and she shot that bear dead. Now, Bill lived to get married. It was a right happy hitch. And his wife, she won't let him hunt bears with a switch. <laughs> now, the moral to this story, if a moral you crave... Points right to you cowboys that talk up plum brave. When you're rassling a bear, you big talking male, you better not ever grab a hold of his tail. The reasons for this are mighty and many. But it's mostly because 
You ain't hardly got any. <laughs> for Bethany Baldus. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack. Thanks for joining us.